This is Jay Baer from Convince and Convert, and welcome to the Content Pros Podcast, where you'll hear the strategies and secrets of the best content marketers in the world. The show is brought to you by Oracle Marketing Cloud, helping businesses use the latest marketing technologies to tell their stories and connect with their customers. The show is also brought to you by Vidyard, the best platform for creating, managing, and optimizing your video content marketing. And the show is brought to you by Uberflip, a content experience platform that allows marketers to create, manage, and optimize tailored content experiences for every stage of the buyer journey. The hosts of the show are Randy Frisch and Tyler Lessard. Find all links, archives, and more at contentprospodcast.com. Now, here's Randy, Tyler, and this week's special guest. Welcome to another episode of Content Pros. I'm Randy Frisch from Uberflip. As always, I've got Tyler Lessard with me from Vidyard. And today we are going to dig into a really interesting hot topic around content on this podcast. And it's this whole idea of how do we start to think about delivering content with intent, the right content that people are looking for versus us stuffing content down people's throats. This this big idea that we've been talking about a long time, Tyler, and you know, I, I think we've got a great great guest that you can probably intro who's going to be able to set context here. Thanks very much, Randy. And it's really great to have our guest here today, Michael Ballard from Lenovo's B2B digital marketing and demand gen team. Uh, I've known Michael for a number of years now. And one of the things I've been most impressed with is how Michael leverages the right technologies in his marketing stack, not just to build out you know, an, an interesting marketing stack that can track attribution and do all sorts of, of fun and, and smart things, but to really help identify who's out there in the market, who's interested in what topics, and using those insights to fuel his content marketing and demand gen strategy. So without further ado, Michael, perhaps you could introduce yourself and give the audience a little bit of background on your role at Lenovo and how you've gotten to this point. Yeah, sure. So I'm responsible for the B2B digital marketing arm, uh, particularly for North America. We've been, I'd say, a somewhat advanced demand generation shop uh, over a journey of, of many, many years. We're very fortunate to have a pretty advanced uh, marketing stack, uh, tech stack, award-winning, I guess I could say, with with uh, the Markies, if that counts. And um, you know, we've we've done over this entire time, we've done some of the traditional techniques. You know, we follow the 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 serious decisions demand waterfall uh, and and model that out for all our KPIs. Uh, but it, I think you guys know a few months ago to change it up on us just when we got used to it, the Sirius changed the waterfall around and all the nomenclature with that. And rightfully so. And, and, and they made the right call because it realigns um, how MarTech has, has changed the industry. I mean, you, you guys have probably seen Scott Brinkert's infographic with all the logos you know, five years ago, three years ago, even there was only a couple, couple graphics on there. To today, it's over. I think it's three thousand plus different logos. So yeah, the it makes, our head, makes our heads spin for sure. It, it does, and now it's completely confusing. So it, the Martech spaces has dramatically changed, has allowed us to do a ton of new and creative things, and um, this is really one of them. So we went down this path because. We've felt that we kind of hit the edge of traditional lead scoring. And some background for those that 
aren't familiar with that. Lead scoring is a combination of tracking your customers via cookies through your marketing automation system of choice based on two elements. One is a demographic score. So who they are, you could throw in title, um, you know, company size, whatever your company targets. And then the other is digital behavior. So that's usually in the form of email uh, engagements, um, website engagements, maybe some display and social engagements. However, where the problem comes with that, and that's been a proven model for us marketers for, gosh, well over a decade. But where the problem exists is that that really only represents a microscopic fraction of a person's day. So let me explain. That cookie, that tracking, that lead scoring is limited to, in my case, Lenovo properties only. So only the emails that I, Lenovo, send, only my Lenovo website, only my social engagements on Lenovo. That's what I'm tracking. But yet, we were all on board with it, and that was the technology we had, but that's how we were basing our entire lead flow structure, was based upon someone just interacting with Lenovo. And if we were honest with ourselves, that really only represents a microscopic fraction of a person's entire day, if they even interact with us at all. Right, there's all this other things happening out in the world, um, and, and the, the internet's huge, right? And 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 they're interacting with all these different properties. So how can we take the power of that information and and turn it into uh, for our own good? The the cool part was going back to the Martech component. Is there's a ton of companies out there that are doing just that. They're harnessing all this publicly available social data, publisher data, search data. Uh, so on and so on, and and putting it together in a couple different varieties, some even adding predictive modeling on top of that. And now we have the ability to see way outside beyond just the scope of our digital properties. And with that, we can now trigger timely and relevant campaigns and topics and content. So, Michael, this is super interesting because, you know, you talked about how what people are doing on your website is just a microscopic portion of what they're doing in their broader set of online activities and then the broader set of content they may be interacting with, which, you know, I think is super important. Uh, but in addition to that, I also want to be mindful of, you know, the number of people who are actually coming to your website is actually only a microscopic portion of those who may have an interest in Lenovo products or, you know, maybe part of your target market. And we're hearing a lot about that when it comes to predictive and account-based marketing and how we need to think about how to identify those potential individuals and those potential accounts who may not be coming inbound and raising their hand. How do we identify those who are surging in an interest topic related to what we can do, but that aren't showing you know, activity on our own web properties? And with those individuals, I think it can be even tougher from a content and messaging perspective because they're often you know, very cold potential buyers if we can go out and identify how to communicate with them, we have to be conscious that they may not be familiar with our brand yet. Um, or if they are, they haven't actually shown active interest. So I'm curious, as you build out these predictive models and you think about kind of how you're hitting people that are surging on different topics, whether they know about your brand or not, does that influence the kind of content that you're creating and the kinds of messages that you're building? Yeah, it is. You know, I, I've it, it's a tough message. You know, obviously, Innovo is a, a very large global organization. And we can sometimes get caught up on ourselves thinking that 
one, everyone knows who we are and they know our entire product line. They know everything about us and they just love us, right? They, you know, we, we think like we're Apple. Everyone loves Apple. We saw the customers love Apple. But if we are honest with our, ourselves, people don't care about us, Lenovo, or even your company until they need to, until they have a need, until they have a pain that your product can fulfill. So how do we find that? And it's tough. To your point, I mean, if you think about it, especially in today's age, we are bombarded with marketing messages in our consumer life and our business life. You know, walk down Times Square. How many messages are you hit there? I think the last stat I saw was uh, the average person gets 5,000 marketing messages per day, which is crazy. Um, and and <laughs> there was a, a funny thing I saw once uh, that the way we access information is different. Back in Back in the, uh, the late 90s, we were always taught, you know, don't get into a car with, with – or don't get into a stranger's car and don't meet people from the internet. Where today, we're literally summoning strangers via the internet to get into their car. And, and so everything has fundamentally changed, even to the point of ads. I mean, look at uh, – you know, people are actually paying to not get advertisements. Think of Netflix. Uh, there's, I think, 60 million people – that are actually paying not to receive ads. So the market is very good at sniffing out a sales tech or a sales tactic. They're really good at that. We do that when we go to the car lot to buy a car. Uh, it's just in tuned it with within us and they can drown it out unless, so this is where the, the content part comes in. Unless we can deliver something that is truly meaningful to them at that point in time, and if we don't deliver that, if we keep hitting them over the head with the wrong message, just because that's the message we want to get out as a company, then that person will quickly tune us out and we've made a loss brand perception right away. So that's where this third-party data comes in and allows us to really target to those specific individuals. So Mike, that's, it's really interesting. In fact, you know, it's funny, you were touching on Netflix there at one point, and I know you were touching on it from a different perspective, but I was having a conversation with someone the other day who actually talked about how as amazing as Netflix is today in terms of delivering us content that we care about, it's, it can only get better because today it looks at what content I've watched on Netflix. But imagine when Netflix can start to access, as you put it, that other third-party data, right? And not just the other third-party data on me. And this was where the, this conversation with this person got interesting. It was like, how do you find the intersect of what me and my wife actually want to watch together, right? Yeah. You know, how do you start to mesh all the different audiences together from you know from your target audience that you're selling to to figure out what's a what's a combination to appease the different people throughout the buyer stage. And, you know, it's, it's yeah. interesting. I'm, I'm curious, you know, I don't want to get too into MarTech stack itself, but I'm curious and, and I'm sure people listening are curious how you're doing that. Uh, you know, I, I'll tell you after how we've started to do that ourselves, but uh, maybe you can tell us how it's being done at Lenovo. 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 You almost sound uh -huh. like a Southerner there for a second. I, know, huh? I, th I don't know where uh, that came from. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So, what we have, I'll just talk about the, the stack and how we do it. Um, so we're a, an Eloqua shop for our automation with, with Salesforce on the back end. Uh, also very fortunate to have a very large data warehouse that we maintain where we have 
I think it's 10 or 15 different data sources, both from marketing as well as just company in general, you know, such as like invoicing data and billing data, uh, all in a single database that we can just crunch and crank out and slice and dice however we want. Um, so that allows us to get down to the data that we need to do the targeting. But now we got to go and find those people. Um, and then serve up ads or emails or what have you. Very fortunate to have a very awesome uh, data, I, I hate calling them a data co-op provider because they're much more than that, but uh, the company out of Boston called Merit Direct, which has access to all the big contact databases and, and they really allow us, uh, this isn't list buying uh, at all. Um, we only engage with, with those contacts that engage with us, but it allows us to augment our database and our targeting. Uh, we then use, um, uh, so we're an Adobe shop as well for display targeting. We use Adobe Audience Manager, where we have multiple data sets coming in, both first party, second, well, actually, I think we also have second data, second party data, as well as third party data going on, going in, so we can create all sorts of traits and segments, uh, which again, adds an additional layer to serve up the right content to the right people. And then that intent data that's coming in. We've, uh, we recently went through a, a very detailed pilot where we went head to head, or we brought in people to go head to head uh, of different intent providers. And I did that for a couple of reasons. One, that intent market still relatively new, and there isn't kind of the the one strategy that's the best one yet declared. Everyone kind of does it a slightly different way. So I brought in someone that does, um, has the third party data and then they add a predictive layer to it. I brought in someone that goes down to the device layer uh, and tracks on the device layer. So whether you're uh, at home, at the coffee shop, at the office, whatever, we're not reliant upon cookie level or IP data. And then I brought in another one that um, did all three. And we literally split them up evenly, three different uh, random sets of contacts, same exact campaign, same exact criteria, time frame, all that, and we hit the go button to see. And uh, at the end of it, uh, we had a clear winner. Um, so uh, Bombora uh, is the, our intent provider that we use for their data. And what they're doing is they're tracking, boy, I think the available list of topics is like 3,000 or more topics. And we align, we obviously filter out, because that's everything from supercomputing to Ferraris. Uh, so we obviously filter out Ferraris and, and consumer type items that we're not targeting. And um, we've aligned each topic with a campaign. And so when our accounts, and we're only tracking our accounts, when they bubble up or surge on a certain topic, that triggers a full-blown email campaign, uh, dis programmatic display campaign, social ad campaign. Um, soon we'll be adding in some other layers, some additional social targeting, as well as uh, dynamic web content as well. But the other part that we found, this is really important for content development, is that data is great for, for, for triggering campaigns, but we're also using this data to make sure we're speaking the right message. 
So I can now pull a list of all my accounts and see what they're talking about, what they care about at this moment in time. And I can make sure that if I'm you know, pushing pain point XYZ, but when I pull up the list, it's on the bottom of the topic list of my customers. Why am I putting time, money, and effort into creating content that no one really cares about at that point in time? So with this, I can now see what is that top layer, what is that top level, and I can create content to them that lines up with that. We're also doing that with, um, we're doing a historical look back. So we're taking and finding customers that are closed one deals. So uh, whether they're brand new or existing customers, and we're doing historical lookups to see what were their topics that they were surging on prior to buying. And we're actually finding a lot of correlation between different topics. So this is now adding another an additional layer of detail to really fine tune the machine um, to again, send that timely and relevant content, um, not just to the right person, but to do so with measurable success data uh, analysis. Um, am I the only one that's getting giddy over here, guys? <laughs> I know. So here's the crazy part. And, and yeah, it's funny because they often say like the most boring panels or the most boring podcasts are when everyone agrees. But I think we all agree that this is amazing. And the funny thing, and Tyler, you can be witness. Um, it's funny that you, you talked about that beta test that you did and that you ended up with Bombora. So my company, you know, this, the stuff I do on a full-time basis, we just signed a strategic alliance with Bombora to embed Bombora data in to power our AI recommendation engine. Um, and, uh, we've, we've, we launched this earlier this year with Bombora. We we're going to be formally announcing it, uh, pretty much the, the week this podcast goes live. Um, I actually think you just announced it here live. Yeah, on the I know. I, I'm like, I'm like thinking as we're doing this, we're a week ahead. We're, you know, we're announcing it at our conference in a, in a couple of weeks. So it, it's pretty exciting, uh, in terms of the, the way you can start to, to shape behavior and, and or more so adapt to behavior, I think is is the better way to put it. So, you know, I, I feel like I'm doing an infomercial here. So we'll we'll actually take this point to take a quick pause here from our real sponsors, uh, and then we'll be back to chat more with Mike at Lenovo, not Lenova. Hey Zoe. Hey Kelly. Do you know what I love? Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, him, but also Netflix and how it always shows me what I'll love, aka all the murder mysteries. Ooh, or documentaries about puppies. I wish there was a way to do that with B2B content. And we'll hold on to your pants. So you know Uberflip, it lets you create a better content journey for your readers. So I can let my readers binge my content while my sales team also sends it out to prospects? You sure can. Amazing. How do I get it? Just head over to uberflip.com and request a demo. And we're back here on Content Pros with Michael Ballard from Lenovo. Now, Michael, we spent some time talking about how you're using these interesting predictive insights to fuel the kinds of content you're delivering and, and hitting the right people with the right message at the right time. But I want to peel it back at a very practical layer. And can you help us explain what are these services using to better understand these buyers in the market? Are they tracking you know, what they're doing on social? Are they tracking what web searches they're doing? Or you know, how exactly are they giving you insight into what different companies might be interested in a certain time? Yeah, so uh, we hired directly with the CIA and they're tracking everything that everyone does. Not <laughs> it it kind of seems like that though sometimes when I, I talk to people about this, like, oh, you're, you're big brother. I'm like, yeah, I'm big brother. But, but it's all good. It's for everyone's sake, right? I'm not sending you stuff about 
you know, something boring like accounting. But yeah, so there was um, <clears throat> uh, last year, Forrester did a, a big B2B um, buyer report. And, and one of the questions they asked is, you know, what's the top ways or types of, of content or, or, yeah, I guess this type of content vehicles that, that you consume and that you make decisions based upon. And they identified you know, 15 different um, vehicles, everything from you know, talking with peers to going to conferences to visiting you know, the vendor's website and so on, so on. The cool part is eight out of the 15 are digital properties. Um, and majority of them, we have as marketers access to that data, whether it's an advertising platform or just <clears throat> available uh, out on the public internet for search bots. I don't. I, I. I can't really speak to how specifically, in this case, Bombora goes out and does their Big Brother stuff because that's. They even if I knew, they'd probably shoot me if I said anything about it. Uh, but we could probably talk to them more specifically. But uh, it's. There are algorithms that are in place um, because what they what they do <clears throat> is they maintain a baseline on that account of a topic. So if there are 3,000 plus of topics, they're running 3,000 plus baselines on, on every company uh, and well, globally, quite frankly. And so let's say the topic is Canada and they're creating a baseline on company ABC for Canada, that topic and how people are searching on it, how, you know, if they're, they're going to uh, blogs or forums, how they're interacting with that. And then if that baseline starts to surge above the norm, that's when it's considered a, a surge topic. So it goes, there's enough activity above the standard baseline at that account that it, something is, is going on there. <clears throat> and that's, that's how we determine whether or not to send something and whether or not to um, trigger it upon. There, there was a neat thing we did that uh, we took a random control group of topics, we just randomly picked out of the 3,000. And when we took the 100 some odd topics that we were monitoring, and we lined it up with closed one deals, and we found that uh, we are 48% more accurate with our closed one deals by targeting on the keywords that we were, rather than just randomness. And the randomness, quite frankly, is kind of what <clears throat> is the standard today before intent. So we, we had the potential to do some dramatic uh, increases in our, our revenue and our engagement, which is really what that tells us. And so now that you've proven that this works and that you're getting a higher hit rate and a better conversion rate by targeting individuals who are surging on different topics, how does that influence your content strategy? And how does that change the kinds of content you're thinking about creating to make sure that you're nailing people with a strong message, but also really standing out from the crowd and, and building the engagement you're looking for? Yeah, I mean, you know, mentioned before, people can sniff out a sales pitch a mile away. So our most successful, if I can call it that, successful content, at least at the top of the funnel, when someone may be in a research mode or they just may not be, they may not have a, a, a particular need at that point in time, but they just like to be, you know, they just like things that help them out. So, you know, if, if, if I have a pain point around something, help educate me. Don't sell me something. Don't push something in my face. 
And we find that in, you know, content such as like definitive guides to topic ABC, whatever that pain point is, uh, you know, the, 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 the old clickbait of the top 10 steps to accomplish ABC. <clears throat> but the, the video content has been really good for us at that upper funnel stage, just because everyone loves video. I mean, look at the popularity of YouTube. Um, everyone loves a play button, but we've added layers of personalized video. So being able to dynamically create an, a, a video, a single video around an individual and literally do that to hundreds of thousands of people. Um, we now want to take, and we found success in that because one, it's just kind of downright entertaining, even if you do it slightly cheesy and just, you know, I think the, the one piece we did, we literally just put the person's name on a banner while everyone was celebrating and dancing and people were totally into it. I mean, I looked in the stats uh, in our Vidyard platform and there was some dude who went back and watched that same part 15 times uh, just to see his name on a banner. And so people love that. So now we can really kick that up to the next step. If I take this, this third-party data, I can now dynamically create video on the fly and use that with the personalized systems. Um, so that's one thing we do. The other part, too, that is really it's difficult to do right now, but it's extremely successful is making sure the content lines up to where they're at in the sales stage. If I'm pushing a data sheet when someone's still up at the upper funnel, no one, no one engages with that. Um, but there's still a, a, there's still a place for a data sheet, but it's lower in the funnel. And when we accurately target those people lower in the funnel with data sheets and, and the like, that's when they become a lot more successful. This is a really interesting stuff. I, I feel like this is one of those podcasts people are probably going to have to listen to a couple times just to digest this, take notes, and uh, we'll be sure to have notes for the show for everyone at contentprospodcast.com. But, you know, Mike, before we wrap up, we always like to just get to know our guests a little outside. And I figured, given we've been talking all about personalization, I figured I'd come with like three rapid fire questions because we only have time for like couple couple word answers here that all have to do with recommendation okay so uh i'm gonna i'm gonna hit you with them you're not prepared but you gotta just fly with it as we go so number one what has netflix been recommending for you that you've actually bought into lately <laughs> so i'm really horrible uh my wife and i we don't watch a ton of tv and like the only thing we watch if we do at all is hgtv but it's the house hunters international just because we live vicariously through these people <laughs> who basically pick up their homes and go to some far off country. When That's amazing. I, don't think, I think we've left the country once in our entire lives. So, All right. So let's, let's go off TV then. Let's, let's try something maybe a little bit more mainstream these days. Amazon. What is the item that Amazon is most likely to recommend to add into your basket that you'll buy into? I'm, I'm, uh, I'm big into, uh, into fishing. And so uh, I get a lot of fishing suggestions with, with different lures and such. So. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, all right. Last one for you. Last recommendation engine that I could think of on the fly here, Spotify or Apple Music or whatever you use. What what type of music is most likely to come up recommended for you? Oh, man. I've been all over the board lately. Like I go through phases. I go through like classical phase. I go through like, you know, country phase and everything in between. But usually I'm kind of that folk 
guy that the the old school like bluegrass folk stuff. Awesome, awesome. It's it's. I'm from, I'm in North Carolina, man. It's the country. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Listen, we don't judge. My it's funny. I, I realized for a while that my Spotify choices were like posting to Facebook, and all of a sudden, friends of mine are like, "You're listening to a lot of Moana these days," which is <laughs> a Disney film if you're not familiar. And I'm like. Yeah, that wouldn't be me, but that's pretty representative of my house right now. So that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, this has been awesome, though. Uh, you know, we, Mike, we really thank you for taking the time to share with us. It's really great to understand here on Content Pros how, you know, a Content Pro is actually taking these challenging problems today and handling them as a day-to-day practitioner. So I, I think a lot for people to, to learn from. And if you've enjoyed this podcast tuning in, we encourage you to check out contentprospodcast.com uh, where you can find all the other episodes that we've recorded here in the past. You can also find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play, wherever you find your podcast, tune in. Give us some feedback. Let us know what you want to hear so we can continue to personalize great episodes for you. On behalf of Tyler at Vidyard, I'm Randy at Uberflip. And thank you, Mike, for joining us from Lenovo. This is Jay Bear, and thanks for listening to Content Pros. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentprospodcast.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. Content Pros is sponsored by Convince and Convert, Oracle Marketing Cloud, and by Uberflip. It's produced by my team and I at Convince and Convert Media. Interested in being a guest or a sponsor on the show? Visit us at convinceandconvert.com.